on the audio and get started. Well, welcome to Beyond the Youth Room podcast. Uh, my name is Keith Seymour, and this is Ron Cottle. And we are here today to talk about the important aspect in youth ministry of leveraging parents and building credibility with parents for your youth ministry. So stay tuned for today's episode. Now, today's episode is sponsored by Edge Clubs, and we uh, both use Edge Clubs as a strategy to reach more students with the gospel. We've uh, put together a free training on uh, our website, edgeclub.org training that you can literally just plug and play to show your youth group and, uh, and to, to train them on how to share the gospel and reach more students in the public school. Uh, we actually have um, seen this, uh, this ministry uh, work incredibly well in training our students on how to share the gospel, how to leverage the gospel for uh, strategy in public schools and their friend circles, and we encourage you to do the same. So edgeclub.org slash training. Now, today's episode uh, is a pretty crucial one because uh, without parents, we wouldn't have kids. And uh, logically, <laughs> and that, that makes sense. Yeah, just say, yeah, logically, uh, every year for my mom's birthday, I thank her that she was born uh, just because I'm a result of that. And so without that, uh, you know, parents is a, uh, are a key aspect of our ministry, whether we realize it or not, or whether mm -hmm. we have leveraged it in the past or not. And oftentimes, it's also a, a source of conflict for a lot of youth leaders that we talk with is, um, is how to leverage those parents, how to not see it like as a, a us versus them mm -hmm. in a battling. Um, and so we're going to talk about how to build credibility among parents. I'm speaking at this from a completely different angle than Ryan is now. So he is a new parent, um, but I have a parent that is student ministry age. And I am realizing you have a certain kid things. that's student ministry. Age. Oh, did I say a parent? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have a I am a parent of a student that is uh, in our student ministry now, and and that has changed my perspective tremendously um, as a as a youth leader. So so with that, um, share us share with us a, a couple examples of how you may have leveraged parents in the right way or the wrong way in your youth ministry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of stories, but. There's one particular that came to mind of speaking of a time maybe when we, we didn't do it so well. Uh, we're big believers in if it's in the Bible, we're going to talk about it at youth group. And, you know, we're, we're not going to um, apologize for ever bringing Scripture into the conversation. But there have been a few times where the conversation took a different turn than we were expecting. And we've gotten calls from parents uh, being like, hey, I wish you would have told me that you were talking about this tonight. So one particular example... Um, one of my volunteers was teaching on Job. We were going through the Old Testament, and we were talking about the story of Job. And um, the volunteer is near and dear to my heart, actually my, my dad, who was teaching. And uh, he was teaching on Job, and he started talking about, which makes sense given the story, about you know when Job's wife says, curse God and die, and kind of the idea of like suicide and things like that. Well, he's also a public school teacher, so he started sharing stories of like, you know, how many kids he's lost to suicide and, and just kind of the epidemic that it was. So, you know, had a great heart. It was, you know, scriptural. It was biblical. It was all good. But we did get a, I did get a call, um, and I wasn't in that lesson, and I got a call saying, hey, what did you guys talk about tonight at youth group? And I was like, that's a great question. Let me find out. And so I, I called my dad. I was like, I thought we were talking about Job. And he was like, yeah, well, they needed to hear it. And I was like, okay. Hey, I called the parent back. I said, go ahead. 
hey, my dad taught the lesson. He's our volunteers, as I would with any volunteer. But like, here's his number. Go ahead, give him a call. And it ended up working out great. Like the parents, yeah. like they got it. They're just like, hey, just wish we had a heads up. Yeah. So I've made I've made sure. Um, like one time we continued going through the New Testament, and we talked about the the Levite's concubine. Um, <laughs> and I did text parents yeah. ahead of time. I said, hey, we're looking at this passage tonight. If you haven't read it, you might want to read yeah. it. Yeah. And I had parents text me and be like. I had never heard for, that story yeah, before. Heads up, yeah, for, to embrace for the conversation. Yeah, so it's a good lesson to learn of just, again, you know, we feel it's fair game if it's in the scripture, but yeah. it is nice for a parent when they pick their kid up you know, yeah. for them to be like, wait, you talked about what tonight? Like for them to have a little bit of yeah. heads up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had a similar experience um, where I was mentioning just different temptations that come left unchecked. You know, so like if you, you know, if your heart's left unchecked, like if you're not submitting to the word of God over time, like you can convince yourself of many things. I was bringing up like, uh, don't follow your heart. And I brought up a situation that I had counseled a friend through um, where he had convinced himself that having an affair was what God would want for him. Mm. And I I was explaining that just have the severity of like not really leaving your, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, just letting your heart to decide what's right or wrong. And, uh, but yeah, it was a similar thing where I didn't realize like talking about an affair that some of my audience wouldn't know exactly what that was. And, and so I had, it wasn't even like that day. I, uh, the, the student who was a middle school student came up to me after, but like a week later saying, Hey, you mentioned, um, you, you mentioned about a friend going to the fair. What was that about? And why is that such a big temptation? And, uh, and he's like, cause I asked my parents about it and they didn't know what I was talking about or what you were talking about. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, Oh, I was like, you're probably talking about an affair. And, and he was like, Oh, okay. And then he's like, I was like, you needed to go talk to your parents about that. Like, and, and so just even like just that communication of yeah. making sure that the parents know. And, and I was just more careful about my words and knowing the audience too, of like, not all of them even know what I'm talking no. about when I say certain things. So, yeah. serious, yeah. So that was a, a potential pitfall of of just not realizing. But that brings us right into the uh, uh, some of the points that we have to really leverage and build credibility among parents. Now that I'm being a parent, I've been on the recipient end of some of those conversations too. Of like, mm-hmm. hey, um, you know, we had a youth leader that was talking about something that was a lot more serious than I thought what was appropriate for my you know my son's age, and so we had to have a conversation about that. But but when it comes to um, uh, you know, leveraging and, and, and building credibility, we always want to overly communicate. So that's the theme for both of our stories is overly communicate because yeah. um, you don't want it to be a thing where a parent, the first time they're talking to you is if something is wrong, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we want to make sure that we're building credibility by communicating regularly. And I do that. Uh, I think we both do it a little bit differently, but I do that through a weekly newsletter mm-hmm. and I actually call it uh, parent TLDR. So too long, didn't read. And I intentionally make it short, bullet points, things, you know, where they can just scan it and see. Um, and, uh, and so that includes like a tip, like a parenting tip, a link to an article that might go into deeper for that tip or, mm-hmm. or just like a helpful article, a discussion question that kind of tees them up to have a good conversation with their student, mm-hmm. and then a reminder. And that's where I promote like different things that are upcoming. I think the, the tendency in youth ministry um, is to only communicate with parents as kind of a bulletin board. Like, this is what we have coming up. Mm. And it's important to, to, you know, to notify them of important details. Camp registration deadlines, um, you know, what to bring to camp is a pretty serious thing you want to yeah. communicate to parents because yeah. uh, you don't want kids showing up in shorts to winter camp. And, and Happens uh, no even when I tell bag. them to yeah, bring. Exactly, yeah, no toothbrush. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. And so things like that you want to overtly or overly communicate. 
Um, and then, uh, and then additionally, um, to use that as, and, and your communication, um, as an equipping aspect, mm-hmm. not just an update aspect. Um, although it's important to update them on details of the ministry. Um, number one, um, uh, after communicating regularly is to, uh, is to eliminate the us versus them mentality. So, so many youth leaders that I talk to, they have this, well, parents are doing this and we're trying to do this and, and, you know, they're com- you know, competing What sometimes as we know there can be conflicting things if the mm-hmm. parents aren't really walking with the Lord or they're not as like in tune with spiritual disciplines and they're seeing their students do that and that can cause conflict. Um, but at the end of the day, like God has orchestrated and designed the family to, you know, to primarily disciple you know, the students. We are hopefully coming alongside of them and emphasizing what they're teaching at home. Mm-hmm. That's the ideal scenario. That's not always the, the case, but I uh, just wanted to read even Deuteronomy six, four through nine, where it says, you know, it's the Shema, the, the prayer of Israel uh, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Uh, you tie them as symbols on your hearts. Bind them in your for- on their foreheads. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. So all that stuff that's listed basically implies this should be the word of God should be on the lips of the parents towards their, their kids at mm-hmm. home. And we want to come alongside them to help them do that. So some parents, uh, even including myself, like I, I didn't really know how to lead my family and I'm still learning like mm-hmm. on how to lead them spiritually. And so give them the benefit of the doubt. Don't just assume that they are doing that, but also help be the catalyst to, to set them up to do that. Well, and that's why the, the D and that, you know, the TLDR is the discussion question that they can have with their student based around a topic or um, what's happening that week. The third thing is um, is something that I think is, this is just for us character-wise, like personally, is be quick to apologize. Um, so don't just assume that they're wrong if there's a conflict. Um, be quick to apologize. Sometimes there's miscommunication. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. spiritual warfare at play mm-hmm. where you're like, whoa, this is a seemingly attack because mm-hmm. um, you know, we get, get that dreaded parent email like criticizing something that we've yeah. done or or questioning something and uh and and really be quick to apologize um give them the benefit of the doubt and then also pray for them mm-hmm. so you know pray for them because that that troubled kid or that that kid that's a handful at youth group they have to deal with them 24 7 right they're they're getting the relief by dropping them off with you and of course, no wonder this kid's game. always at youth group. Yeah, yeah. And so, when it comes to uh, just the, the 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 heaviness that comes with raising mm-hmm. a teenager, just give them so much grace, give them so much yeah. benefit of the doubt, and yeah. be quick to apologize first, to um, you know, because that really disarms the situation. Often, I found. And so, with that, even the good kids, like even the kids that are like stellar students at youth group they still have rough times as hormonal teenagers. Like they will be nasty towards their parents. They will, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be difficult. Um, and, and parents that, that say that their child is not difficult at all ever, they're probably just, it's not yet. Um, you know, they, they might be in for it. And of course there's different levels of severity with that. But, but yeah, I would say just be quick to apologize, quick to pray for them and, and show much grace because it's, it's a difficult task to raise teenagers, especially in today's day and age. So, yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree with that. And I think um, being a new parent myself, um, you know, we, our, our son's one and a half, even just in that time frame, you know, I always understood the importance of, of parenting, but now I understand the weight of it, you know, um, and, and we're not even at the difficult, you know, parts yet. We're just, hey, don't touch the electrical outlet, you know, leave the ornaments on the tree. You still have to do that as teenagers too. Yeah. <laughs> now they're just using more objects. Yeah. But at that point with. their body can take the voltage. So it's okay. <laughs> um, 
but no, just understanding that weight and that gravity. And that's been something that's been very helpful to me of just understanding it's like being responsible, you know, for a human being and, and, and training them up in the way that they should go. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, having that of being convicted of, am I writing God's commandments, you know, physically and literally, and literally, but also figuratively, like, am I putting that in front of our son for him to see, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on? And, um, you know, there's a lot of damage that can be done in, you know, the kid years and the teenage years. There, there just are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to be sympathetic towards that with parents of, number one, letting them know you are your kid's best option. Mm-hmm. The church is not your kid's best option. You know, and somebody else is not your kid's best option. You as parents are their best option yeah. because Scripture says that children are a gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so there was no mistake when those parents, you know, received that kid, that blessing. And so I think that's a big thing I've been able to um, just share with parents when they're struggling or maybe when it's even going well, but just, hey, God didn't make a mistake. You are your kid's best option, whether you feel like it or not. You're your kid's best option because a lot of times I think, you know, parents feel inadequate, and so they're Mm -hmm. trying to kind of hand them off to the church. And I think, sadly, too often churches are willing to just be like, yep, you're right. We know know what's best. We know better. We'll take it from here. Mm -hmm. But that's not the biblical model that's laid out. It's coming alongside parents. And, you know, we might need to train and equip the parents. I mean, we need to, but we might need to do start from a ground zero with some of them. Mm-hmm. But that's exciting to me because now it's, you know, this idea of, like, we're not only getting to have an impact on the kid's life, we're getting to have an impact in the parent's life. And so I don't see student ministry as a place where we just take the kids, we disciple the kids, we train the kids, yeah. and then give them back to the parents. Yeah. I see it as truly, hey, we are a ministry that is ministering to families, mm-hmm. And, you know, our main focus is the student age, but that doesn't mean that a parent in my ministry is not something I'm supposed to minister to. Mm, Um, Because we all know that we want to partner with the end goal of raising up spiritually healthy kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tony Evans says, you know, it's easier to shape a child than it is to repair an adult. Mm -hmm. And so really our main goal, whether they come from a Christian home or a healthy home or a broken home, is to really help them to one day, you know, walk with the Lord and for them to establish a, a healthy biblical home and relationship. Yep. And when we can see that, it doesn't matter where they come from or what their home background looks like. We can have far more grace with parents because we understand, hey, we want to partner with you mm-hmm. for your kid's best interest. Yeah. And when you really approach it that way, I found parents to be to be really receptive and and willing to listen to what you have to say and willing to give feedback when it's when it's necessary. Yeah. Well, it's that whole premise of, you know, is it better to build a, um, a guardrail at the top of the cliff or a hospital at the bottom of the cliff? You know, that whole, like, uh, nurturing a child than you know, rather than preparing an adult. Mm-hmm. And so with that, um, you know, there's so many youth leaders out there that are young, you know, mm-hmm. that, are, that are just out of college or maybe, like, even some just out of high school, like, that are now in charge of a youth ministry yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and trying to uh, impact this next generation who feel like they're inadequate in equipping parents because mm-hmm. they're not parents themselves yet. Uh, they might not even be married yet. They might not even have kids that are teenagers yet. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I would encourage um, people in, in that in that regard is, is to realize that you have the authority of God's Word, you know, mm-hmm. that you can still provide uh, wisdom from God's Word that you've received yourself. You can also provide that that youthful experience that you're 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 not as disconnected mm-hmm. as they might be to remembering what it's like to be a teenager, mm-hmm. and and to you know and especially like in this day and age like with technology issues and and so much you know with social media, where even you know for us like, you know we we didn't grow up as prevalent 
in social media as it is today. And and if you're younger, like in your early twenties, you you did grow up in that yeah. in that rate, you know, in that era. So so with that, to express them from experience, like you know, as a teenager yourself, because um, that's a closer window um, since that happened for you. Mm-hmm. But also um, uh, to to use God's word to encourage them through God's word, and you can stand on the authority of God's word, not necessarily yeah. on the authority of personal experience. Mm-hmm. And so to not limit what you can be used by God to impact parents with by just personal experience. Yeah. So. So with that, you know, we also have so many different things, uh, resources that are out there. Um, one of the things that I've benefited from, and uh, I've, I've even shared this with you, I think, just as you become a parent, mm-hmm. is um, uh, a book um, from Scott Taransky called um, Parenting, Parenting is Heart, heart Work, work yeah. which is not, uh, uh, you know, the common phrase is hard work. Mm-hmm. And so Parenting is Heart Work, and, and it's from the National Center for Biblical Parenting, um, and was really helpful to kind of shift. And I, I put that book in the hands of a lot of, a lot of different um, you know, new parents all the way up to you know, parents of teenagers. Mm-hmm. In some regards, if you're a parent of a toddler, it's some easy ways to connect you know, the, the behavior, like modification you know, um, aspect to, to really developing character instead. Mm-hmm. But it applies to so many different parents of teenagers too. Uh, so it's not too late, in other words, uh, to get that, that, that yeah. some of those principles applied. And what that may look like is instead of just disciplining them for a behavior modification, the external aspect, but to disciplining uh, or, you know, to shepherding their mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. and building character qualities rather than just external behaviors. And, and I think that was a huge shift in resourcing parents, you know, from my perspective of, of just, you know, not just having them be good kids mm-hmm. because we know that good kids can still make bad decisions and not walk with the Lord. The Pharisees were good kids. Like they were, yeah. they were religious people that knew the word of God, but yet, their hearts were far from the Lord, mm-hmm. and we want students that our hearts are close to the Lord, and if that's connected, they have the Holy Spirit, they know the Word of God, and uh, they're going to do great things even outside of that. Now, tell us a little bit about your experience with parents that might be more strict versus mm-hmm. parents that are less strict, and how how much you encourage like you know a youth leader to navigate those waters that might have different. You know, we even shared experiences of like, you know words that uh, are, you know, passages of scripture that might not be appropriate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for certain ages, but then other kids are like, oh yeah, I was, I was familiar with that when I was four, you know, or like, yeah. so tell, talk about navigating those waters when you have, you're the common denominator for so many different variety of parenting styles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're the common denominator, like as far as you're ministering to the teenagers that have lots of different parental um, backgrounds. Mm-hmm. What are some, what's some advice that you would do navigating those waters? Yeah, one thing is stay stick with scripture, because if if you you know in the parents' eyes, if you speak out of turn, or maybe you might introduce a topic that's new for them, but if you've done so using scripture and biblical principles, then it's easy to say, "Hey, look, I'm sorry that we didn't give you a heads up, but but we know you can't give heads up about everything." Mm-hmm. Um, a kid asks a question, and you know, you, sometimes you just have to answer it, not because. You really want to, but because it would almost be detrimental to the group conversation to say, hey, we can't you know, answer that or talk about that. For instance, um, I was leading a, a high school boys, I mean, older high school boys, like junior, seniors, mm-hmm. high school boys, small group, and we were talking about you know, the, the dangers and the temptation of pornography. And one of our junior boys goes, what's pornography? <laughs> and all the rest of our kids were like, what? <laughs> like, you don't know that. Yeah. And so in that, it's like, okay, you're a junior guy, like, this isn't a go ask your parents. Like, I have a relationship with the parents. I understand. I, All right, hey, well, I'm going to give you the, you know, it's inappropriate, and and here's what it is. And because if not, he would have, the whole discussion, he would have not understood it at all. Yeah. 
Um, but when we stick to scripture, then it really helps because then if somebody is like, well, I didn't love that you did this, or I didn't love you did this, you can say, look, I understand it, but I've, I've said this to, to parents before in a, lo- in a loving way. It's like, did your kid have a Bible? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So at any point they could pick up and they could read this passage. Well, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, okay, so, yeah. you know, it, we want them to have these conversations from a biblical perspective. So one, always stand on scripture. The second thing I would say is make parents aware of that. We have kids coming from different backgrounds. Yeah. We have yeah. kids coming from broken homes. We have kids coming from very protective homes and, and sometimes even, you know, sheltered homes and everywhere in between. And I think it's a temptation a lot of times as youth leaders to say, okay, let's put the sheltered kids over here. Let's put the lost kids over here. But then we're not displaying the church because the whole thing is we want to be in the world, but not of the world. So mm-hmm. we want our kids who, you know, maybe aren't, um, you know, and it's a good thing, not exposed to all these temptations that maybe some of our other kids are, but yeah. to understand and be like, not everybody has the privilege of having, you know, a biblical home that I do. And for the kids to who come from broken homes to see it is possible, you know, for, for God's design to work out. And for them to feed off each other, for our spiritually strong kids to use that knowledge that they've been given to share that with our new students, mm-hmm. and for our new students to generate excitement and for our yeah. kids to see real change in their lives because of it. And so when we do small groups, that's one thing that we're, we're upfront with parents about, but we also do intentionally is is not saying, well, let's put this group over here and this group over here. It's like, no, they need to be together because yeah. it helps them. And we're upfront with parents. We tell kid, we tell parents, we're like, look, if your kid has not been exposed to something yet, there's a good chance they're going to be exposed to it at youth group mm-hmm. because we have broken kids coming. We have lost kids coming. Now, yeah. we're going to do our best to, again, handle things as needed, um, sometimes with the, the less strict families. Sometimes we have to step in a little bit more, hey, you know, can you can you change that shirt? Can you you know? Can you, we've had to do things like that, um, but just understanding it and being upfront with parents that like, look, th- this is not a place where we're not going to have real world conversations. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about what's going on in the world, but if we always stand on scripture and and we don't venture off of it, then then I've always felt that I've been able to have good conversations and for personally at least to know like, okay, even if I feel like maybe like. That was, I didn't expect that to be a controversial topic, but if I can say, here's what the Bible says, then I feel better knowing, hey, if I'm reading scripture, I mean, you really can't, can't go wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's been my experience too, of, you know, just um, making sure you're navigating those waters with grace and, mm-hmm. you know, cause there's a lot of personal preferences that come yeah. and what I've always encouraged, you know, parents that, that might be on the more sheltered side, you know, like if, cause we, you know, ideally we have students that are either new believers or mm-hmm. like lost students that are, that are coming and that they're being invested in. Um, but to, to realize that like, you know, I think there's a tendency in that, in the sheltered mindset that the danger is, is outside. Yes. And to realize that like scripture teaches that we are sinful, like mm-hmm. our old nature is there. And even if we are isolated and sheltered, we still are sinful. Like we still have that yeah. in us that like, you know, in, and I think that's where even you see like, you know, high profile, like families that are conservative, like, you know, yeah. like the Duggar family, for instance, like they um, had some scandal, even though that they were very sheltered from the world as mm-hmm. far as like their, you know, what they allowed their kids to do. And yet they had a lot of danger within, you know, and we got to protect um, you know, our hearts from from sin mm-hmm. and to only see it as external influence rather than like an internal reality, yeah. I think is, um, is um, you know, is something that we need to, to correct that sometimes with parents. 
Um, but also, yeah, to, to be a front, again, overly communicate. There's going to be times where there's going to be something off the wall said, you know, youth group by, a, you know, a teenager that's not walking with the Lord or yeah. maybe not as closely as we hope. And um, uh, the reality is, yeah, sometimes sheltered students will hear that. I remember this came to a reality we had. Uh, I'll give two examples of this. One, we had a, uh, a summer camp, middle school summer camp, where, you know, so it's only sixth through eighth grade. And we had them write different sin struggles on paper and, like, you know, like put them in a box or whatever, like just as a way of confession. Mm-hmm. But it also gave us a window into the things that our students were struggling with, you know, mm-hmm. so that we could help, like, you know, disciple them through that. And we had such a range from from just middle school students. So it wasn't like a sixth grader and a 12th grader. Like, it yeah. was sixth through eighth grade. Yeah. We had everything from premarital sex to I stole a cookie from the cookie jar. Like... And and to realize like okay that's a pretty large range of mm-hmm. conviction and you know and and um, you know and struggle and everything so to, to be aware of that I think is is really helpful yeah. to understand parents' perspective too of like you have parents of each of those kids mm-hmm. sometimes those kids are from the same family <laughs> you know you might have a kid that's that's struggling with certain things and yeah. and also you know it's more sheltered um, but within that you know, to be more sensitive and, and to be aware of that I think is is a thing and to and to give ear and like listen to parents concerns mm-hmm. when, when that there's truth and all that because um, yeah. at the end of the day they care about their their kids more than we could mm-hmm. you know even as, as a youth leader we have a burden for the lost we have a burden for their, their, their teenagers but then the day parents rarely um, will care about their students less than we do and yeah. so we got to realize that another aspect I remember I was leading a sixth grade boys small group. And, and the things that they were talking about, uh, we got on discussion about the tooth fairy. And I think, did I tell you about this story? No, but okay. I know where it's going. So I, I was like bringing up like something I was like, well, yeah, like kind of like, you know, the tooth fairy, like it's, you know, we were talking about things that are fake or that we kind of grow out of. And, uh, and this one kid goes, no, no, no. Like, you don't understand. Like my mom's the tooth fairy. And we we're like, well, like everybody's mom is the tooth fairy. <laughs> like, you know, and he's like, no, no, no. Like I was, I was, uh, going through her stuff in her closet and I found a bag of thousands of teeth. And I okay, was like, that didn't go where I thought it was going. <laughs> and I was like, dude, your mom is not the tooth fairy. Your mom is a serial killer. Like, we have to report that. No. And uh, but I was like, and all the other kids are like, thousands of teeth. Like, where did she have thousands of teeth from? <laughs> and so, so anyways, yeah, just to see like the different. Wait, no. Aspects. What? What's the like? Did you ever find out? I never found out. Now I'm guessing that it was a gross exaggeration, like that it wasn't thousands. But when you <laughs> think about like if you have lots of kids and you just save their teeth, like all of them lose their teeth. So I'm just saying, it could have been maybe several generations of. Te- I'm just hoping. I'm trying to justify things that like makes me feel better about the. I situation. feel like there's probably a Netflix documentary <laughs> about this family somewhere out there. It's like the Tooth Fairy Killer, like you know, where uh, yeah, there's okay. a collection of. I would say probably not thousands of teeth. I hope not. I, yeah, I would hope not. But maybe. I mean, you can get in the hundreds if you have a big family and you, and you keep other family, <laughs> keep other teeth. <laughs> Anyways, needless to say, we have parents out there that uh, yeah. uh, their kids are observant um, about things that they even struggle with, and uh, and so even with that too, like um, you know, discipling students through parents that aren't walking with the Lord. Yeah. So I was, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm just reminded of that reality over and over again. Like even as a teenager myself, like where I didn't have parents that were attending church mm-hmm. with me or anything. Like I was the outside kid coming in. Yeah. And to realize, and I was, I was really grateful for people that, that really took notice of that in my church and yeah. invested in me in ways that, you know, my parents weren't at the time. Mm-hmm. 
And so to, to realize that it's not, I, it's ideal for all of our kids to have a discipling mm-hmm. um, family at home, you know, and that we're just reemphasizing things that's being taught at home. But we also understand that that's not the reality, especially as we're being more gospel advancing mm-hmm. because we're reaching students first. They mm-hmm. might be the first ones in their family to come mm-hmm. to Christ. Yeah. And in turn, you know, the prayer requests of those students are, hey, like I'm praying for my lost family. I'm praying for my lost... And, and to realize, like, once they leave there, they're not really getting the discipleship mm-hmm. that other students in our ministry might be. Yeah. And so to be aware of that, too, and and um, and even catering towards that, you know, helping equip them for the work of the ministry that might be even their own household, yeah. uh, which is kind of a backwards way of, of how God designed it. But mm-hmm. we see that that happen. You know, we've seen students come to Christ themselves and then in turn lead their family to the Lord. And yeah. so to not dismiss that. So, yeah, so with that, there's so many aspects of that, too, where uh, we want to still develop that relationship with the parents so mm-hmm. that we're not just like the, you know, the outside person, like, that's investing in their student without them knowing. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want to make sure. Um, and I remember we had one student that was coming to church and youth group uh, without their parents knowing, like, for a while. Like, they, they were high, like they, they hid it under the guise of, I'm going to a sleepover with my friend. And then they would come to church with that friend the next morning. And they did that for like months. And then when they told me this, I was like, I I don't know how I feel about this. Like, you know, you probably should let your family know yeah. where you are at least. Like, yeah. and, uh, but you know, to see that that might be the reality for some families mm-hmm. where um, they're not uh, supportive of that student, you know, mm-hmm. growing their walk with the Lord. Yeah. So just to be cognizant and in reality, but still develop that relationship with his parents. Now that ended up in a great, uh, it ended well, that story. Yeah. Um, where the, the parents actually did come to Christ as a result of that student's faithfulness and, and uh, sharing the gospel with them and inviting them in, and, and we got to minister to that whole family, not just the student. So, yeah, awesome. yeah. But that concludes, unless you have anything else to add. Yeah, one thing I just want to yeah. say, another resource, by the way, Raising Spiritual Champions by George Barna, just released. Um, really, really awesome read about how to help um, your kids develop a biblical worldview. Um, and then one other thing to touch on what you said, we want to develop relationships and provide resources. Mm. It's easy to do one, it's easy to do the other, but when we're doing both, um, that's a, it's a, it's a sweet spot. And so if you're wondering where to get started with parents, maybe you haven't really leveraged your parents. I would encourage you to just start texting parents saying, how can I be praying for you? Mm. And, um, you know, take a last name once a night. So text all the, the parents with a last names one night. So you're touching base at least you know once a month mm-hmm. um, with those parents just saying, hey, how can I be praying for you? I found that to be a great way for parents to open up yeah, and just to start to share with me and just to start to build that credibility that, that we've talked about. So um, that's one thing that I would highly recommend. If you're wondering where to start, just texting parents, hey, how can I be praying for you? How can I be praying for your student? And then pray for them mm. um, is, a, is a great way to build yeah. both relationships and open doors to provide resources. Well, it also well. shows that you're available to them. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's something I try to do as well. Like where I just set up like a simple calendar link, you mm-hmm. know, where I have it in my email signature. Like every time I send out an email, whatever, they can always like schedule yeah. time. Not everybody takes me up on that, but they can always just know that like mm-hmm. I'm available to chat with them yep. and um, and to pray with them. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that concludes our episode today on building credibility with parents to leverage that for the gospel advancement and in your youth ministry. And so again, our uh, podcast is sponsored by Edge Club, and you can uh, download and and check out our free training at edgeclub.org/training. So thanks so much for joining us.